Welcome, and thank you for joining us on our latest installment of Women at Ropes Talk, a podcast series brought to you by the Women's Forum at Ropes and Gray. In this podcast, we spotlight extraordinary women who have had successful careers and interesting lives and are also making a positive impact in their workplaces and in their communities. We feature women attorneys at Ropes and Gray in conversation with prominent women clients, industry leaders, entrepreneurs, and others and about their careers and what's led to their successes, the challenges they've faced, and the hard-earned wisdom they've acquired. I'm Megan Baca, a partner at Ropes & Gray with a practice focusing on intellectual property and technology transactions, and I'm also co-head of the firm's Digital Health Initiative. I'm based in Silicon Valley. On this episode, we're going to take a little bit of a break from our traditional format, and we'll have an in-depth discussion with Kim McCaslin about Bain Capital's ESG, or Environmental, Social, and Governance, and DEI, or Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion efforts. Welcome, Kim, and thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. Oh, great. Thank you. Our pleasure. To kick things off, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. I'm a managing director at Bain Capital. I joined the firm way back in 2006 after (laughs) 12 years at other places, uh, during which I also went to business school. Um, I started my career, actually, at Anderson Consulting, which is now Accenture. I was with Mercer, Oliver Wyman, and then Capital One Financial before coming to Bain Capital. And uh, across those, I was doing a variety of strategy, operating, even tech, sometimes even coding uh, roles. And then uh, more recently, M&A at Capital One before coming to Bain Capital, um, I really enjoyed the deal side of the work that I did in those places at Capital One directly and also in PE advisory at Mercer before that, and particularly the intersection of the energy and hustle of the deal environment with the rigor of operational execution and getting things done, which is exactly what we do here at Bain Capital. That's great. Would you mind expanding a bit on what you do for Bain Capital and the day-to-day there? Sure. As part of our private equity team, I lead our portfolio group in North America, and I'm also a partner in our consumer team. And our portfolio team is a a group of uh, experienced executives who work closely with our companies, primarily once we've invested and throughout the investment lifecycle, and also with our deal teams from diligence through the full ownership cycle uh, to define and deliver against that investment thesis and our value creation plans and the overall investment goals. So the day in the life looks very much for our team, a lot of interaction with our portfolio companies um, out there with them when we can get out there with them uh, and thinking about plans, goals, aspirations, and how we're going to execute all of that together. You touched upon what attracted you to Bain Capital, but how do you feel that what you do there aligns with your own personal values? I know that obviously super important and great for folks to be able to actually find in their professional work as well. It is. It's really important and is uh, a, a major reason why we are all where we are at Bain Capital. You know, our goal is to build and grow great companies, but also to do that in the right way with a very high integrity, respect for people, uh, and enthusiasm to bring out the best in every one of the situations that we're involved with, and and to create these businesses that thrive and have positive impact for their customers, for their employees and their employees' families, shareholders, and importantly, also in their communities. There's just a variety of stakeholders 
who benefit from growthful businesses uh, doing important work. And that's really exciting. And again, the way that we do it is core to who we are, this high integrity, humility, uh, focus on citizenship and through the trust-based partnerships I mentioned being out with our companies every day, you know, really establishing those relationships that allows us to work together closely, think differently. Uh, we're trying to accomplish some really aspirational things, but doing that um, in a high partnership way is is really important. And what's powerful yeah. is that you can actually talk to bank capital team members across the globe, uh, and we'll hear the same thing about how these values really drive the actions in the day-to-day. It's an incredible group of people. What makes a culture at Bain Capital different to some of your peer firms? I mentioned earlier this word of humility, and it really is a culture of humility with just incredibly accomplished people who, at the same time, have this constant growth mindset and really want to learn and improve every day and just do the right thing. Uh, There's a lot of trust um, and support of each other, our teams and the management teams, and realizing that we all can learn something every day and to ask the right questions and to be inquisitive and and then be really supportive as we're going into whatever the situations are. And when you lead with that kind of environment, uh, it really is defining uh, for the organization and and allows you to accomplish a lot more together than we could as individuals. And and so that approach has been really important to us over the many, many years. Turning to ESG, how does Bain Capital's mission and core values relate to its ESG efforts? Yes, it's a great question. And our, as mentioned, our values are really a central part of the why. One of our values is this commitment to lasting impact. And that is a perfect fit with our ESG goals. Um, and the ESG is a major component of that lasting impact equation. And so we've been actually leaning into those efforts for a while, having these discussions and board meetings and as it applies to each individual company situation and for ourselves. But uh, again, going back to that, just doing what makes sense and is right and taking into account all stakeholders surrounding ourselves as well as our companies. Now we're benefiting from an even more structured approach as these topics have Mm -hmm. continued to evolve. And we're putting a lot more of that structure and effort around that and approach um, in our day-to-day, which has um, really been able to accelerate some of the efforts that we've already had underway. I know Bank Capital makes a number of different investments in companies across a wide variety of industries. How do you think about setting specific ESG-related goals for your portfolio companies? As you know, there are a <laughs> lot of important elements in ESG. Uh, you look at a variety of different frameworks that are out there, and it, it covers a lot of territory. And what we've done is try to prioritize in the near term, five major categories, and we've spent a lot of effort looking at uh, how we will cover those. It's still a big agenda, but it's five categories. They are governance and stewardship, uh, sustainable growth and reducing climate impact, fair employment, engagement, and well-being, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and community engagement. And so those five are areas that we're putting particular emphasis around uh, for ourselves as well as for our portfolio companies. And when I say that, it means that it's not just about let's pick a target or a goal or a um, aspiration within each one of those, but how do we actually build a system for ourselves and for our companies 
that allows us to have this continuous improvement, you know, so mm-hmm. that not only we'll get to one milestone, but how do we get to the next and the next and that the company has the capabilities to build on that uh, for the future. And so trying to pick these areas where we can really go deep and ensure that we get that, again, that, that kind of impact for the long term is, is the goal. I'm sure you come across management teams with differing levels of sophistication with respect to these issues. So in that context, how do you work with those teams to help them improve their governance? Just generally across all topics in ESG, we're putting the same level of rigor and intensity around those conversations as we would any of our other financial growth goals, uh, organizational goals. And what that means is being really intentional about what is the the blueprint. What's the path forward? As you said really well, every company is going to have uh, different levels where their starting place is. And it's a bit of come as you are, let's meet you where you are and figure out what real progress looks like for that company. And and how do we get to um, to put the right resources and emphasis around the things that will have material impact and where that company is uniquely positioned to be able to have the impact. Uh, you mentioned governance. Governance is important across the board. Um, our uh, global head of ESG, Tricia Winton, uh, says good governance is that umbrella through which all these programs get the right traction. Absolutely right. You know, we have an intention mm-hmm. pr- approach there with a consistent set of practices that centers around ensuring that the breadth of topics get visibility and coverage. So, we're covering the things that we should and that there's an appropriate forum for a really engaged discussion on those topics. So the right time to really understand and drive. And when you set up those structures with that focus, energy just gets channeled and optimized in the right way to get to results. And so our teams are there thinking about that with the same intensity that we have every other part of our investment thesis and working with the teams to not only just set the agendas, but build the capabilities. And then in our boardrooms, we're making the time for these topics to go after them in a really engaged way. And that's how all the pieces come together. Let's spend a little more time on board governance. Are there any best practices or key learnings in terms of how people should think about setting up boards or committees to ensure they have the right focus on ESG matters? It's a great question, and there are actually multiple approaches to this out there, and we're learning from those. At the highest level, one of the things we're looking at is getting into the details. Our agenda's right. Are the roles clear? Is there follow-through? Are the right people even around the table? We should come back to that. That's a a great effort, also under DEI. And you have to really consider all those aspects. And then in terms of structural, if you look at the ESG topics, they cover a wide spectrum, and many of those could get covered in existing forums uh, if the agenda is structured appropriately. So, for example, fair pay and equitable employment practices could also be discussed in comp and people committees. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, in other situations, it might make sense to bring further focus to those and set up separate forums like ESG committees, which I know some companies have as well, that allows all of the topics to come together. Maybe it's for a company that's earlier in the journey, just to provide that right level of focus and attention. And those are all examples of places that we're still testing, continuing to learn from what works across the portfolio. Um, No really one right answer, except that just to make sure that that time and attention needs to be given to those topics with the right participation. Now turning to DE&I, 
How would you describe Bank Capital's focus on efforts to improve DE&I? Yes, this is a great, great topic. So we we really aspire to have our team, including our extended team and all of our partnerships with outside firms, uh, reflect the diversity of our broadest talent sources. So that first of all, and also to ensure mm-hmm. that our culture is highly inclusive, which is so important. You really can't have the first and not have the second, right? To get the yeah. voices around the table, but to make sure that those voices are heard and active and engaged. It is a top priority for the firm. We're putting real talent behind it as well. We actually recently hired Victoria Budson as our first global head of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And Victoria was 25 years prior leading a Harvard mm. University Research Center studying these issues. So she's heading up wow. our DEI efforts globally as a partner to our team to help us accelerate all these things, which has been just terrific to have her leadership. What are some internal initiatives that Bain Capital has in place to help improve DE&I for your teams and your portfolio companies? We have launched firm-wide and business unit initiatives to improve diversity, equity, and inclusion at the firm, including with our investment teams and at our portfolio companies. And uh, the topics that we're tackling are things like governance and accountability, recruiting and our pipeline, development of our team, uh, this culture of inclusion, again, really important. Uh, and then also extended out uh, these concepts with our portfolio companies and our engagement with the community as we support social and racial justice uh, uh, as well. And our investment teams are also focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion and conduct diligence across a broad range of factors to identify uh, risks and value creation opportunities, um, including things like an assessment of human resource policies, practices, staffing, organizational culture, and we're continuing to enhance those diligence practices to include an assessment of DEI in our investment review processes as well. But and internally, we've we've there's so many different initiatives that uh, along the lines that I mentioned that we've been really excited about and. Uh, uh, that has included in 2020, our partnership actually committed to provide more than $100 million over the next 10 years to nonprofit organizations focused on social justice, civil rights, and racial equality. Uh, we've also uh, doubled our matching gifts to causes supported by our, our employees as well to back their interest in the same regard. Um, We've launched an economic development initiative in the city of Boston focused on businesses owned by underrepresented groups and women. Um, As just a few few examples, we've been so uh, lucky to be able to work with a variety of organizations as a uh, founding participant of Management Leaders of Tomorrow's Black Equity at Work program which has been fabulous, and also several other organizations like Seizing Every Opportunity, Out for Undergrad, Girls Who Invest, uh, to really expand the pipeline of diverse talent coming into the firm. Uh, So a number of things that we are active in and our entire organization is really engaged on this, which is terrific because it's it's not just a few, it's, it's many. Similar to what you were talking about in regard to ESG, it's not only about doing these things because it's the right thing to do or implementing these practices because it's what we should be doing, but there are real advantages to these focuses in implementing these practices. What would you say are the business advantages to having a more diverse team? 
It is such a good question. And diversity in all forms, background, perspectives, experiences, opinions, no doubt leads to stronger investment decisions and a more effective and stimulating workplace. And what's so powerful is that there really is no doubt that diverse teams lead to higher performing companies, just fosters creativity and innovation. And as you said, it's just the right thing to do. What it was really powerful is that with a diverse team around the table, where again, inclusive, where all the voices yeah. are heard, yeah. you're guaranteed to learn something new, to see something from a different perspective or to pick up things that we would have missed. Just yeah. guaranteed. I mean, how exciting is that? Mm-hmm. I think you're going into that meeting and you're not going to just say, I've heard this before. You're going to say, wow, I didn't know that. And back to that growth mindset that we talked about. And so we just see those advantages everywhere in addition to building really healthy organizations and um, and thriving companies that this, this culture that allows for this ongoing you know, innovation and creativity and uh, better decision-making is fostered as well. You've touched on several initiatives that Bain Capital focuses on. Are there any DE&I related efforts that you are particularly proud of? I think what's been powerful is taking all these learnings and applying them to our own everyday. You know, it is yeah. the moments in the everyday that really bring all of this to life and having the right culture to be able to talk about what's working and what are some of the things that we need to improve on and do differently. And so we've launched a set of developmental practices focused on retention and advancement and mentoring for all, sponsorship for all, apprenticeship, employee networks that have really become even more uh, formalized and and active. And even things like learning and wellness programs that just bring the full conversation together um, has been terrific. And again, it, it really centers in this culture. We've, I mentioned the employee networks, we have a, a multicultural network, a women's network, our LGBTQ plus network. Uh, we, we've relaunched um, globally many of these efforts, and it's just always exciting. You get people on the phone connecting and sharing their stories, sharing what's working, uh, sharing uh, other things that we could consider in our initiatives, and we're having global conversations around this, and that, that really is exciting because it takes both um, – the intention to get that group together with the right forum, but it also takes the right culture to allow for the sharing that needs to happen. And and when you see those conversations really thriving uh, and the energy that comes out of them, the follow-up that happens, you realize, okay, we're, 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 we're doing something here and there's a lot, a lot more to do, but uh, we're also learning a lot on how to best support each other, which has been terrific. That really is terrific. Turning back to your portfolio companies, how are you working with them to support and improve their DE&I efforts? Once we invest in a business, as mentioned earlier, we do seek absolutely to improve the diversity of the portfolio company's board, uh, management team, and within uh, the full company along these same efforts. So we are actively working with them um, and learning from them at the same time. Uh, yeah. We have a set of DEI diagnostics tools, uh, expertise to support their efforts, and again, depending on where they are um, and what they could uh, learn from. Several of our companies have terrific and successful efforts, and we're sharing those across the platform. We have a 
bi-monthly forum with our CHROs and uh, a variety of other CEO forums. We actually just uh, completed a CEO forum in North America focused on this topic, uh, and it happens across our businesses, yeah, where we just talk about what are the things that are working and practices that are out there to really support um, every aspect of DE and I in our companies. And one key area that uh, we've We've been focused on it. I mentioned starts at the top with our boards. And we, in every one of our investments, start by looking at the capabilities necessary to best support the company's strategy and have that right expertise around the table. Um, And so that intentional conversation, again, about what capabilities do we we need to best, best support the company's journey. And then finding that talent through diverse candidates of which there are really incredible profiles out there and uh, actioning those opportunities across the portfolio. So have a commitment to not only add board members with diverse perspectives, backgrounds, and experience, but also take that to the next step uh, and ensure that the environment um, is allowing for all the voices around the table again and that inclusive inclusive practices. So how do we actually set up our meetings to ensure that that happens? Um, we have another program that we're excited about too that is uh, helping to actually develop the next generation of board leaders. This is our partnership with Directors Academy. Uh, the Directors Academy has a next-gen directors program that provides governance education and training for future corporate board members who are from diverse backgrounds and who are underrepresented on boards today. And Mm -hmm. we are the um, exclusive sponsor of the private equity development track and and serve on the Directors Academy board itself. And as part of that, we're providing content development and business case examples and faculty for the track. It's a terrific program. What an amazing group of people. And we're really excited to be part of it. But that's just one example of some of the efforts that we're pursuing and then bringing into our portfolio companies. Before we wrap up, any key takeaways you'd like to share with our listeners as they think about their own ESG and DEMI efforts? I would just say really, you know, Small changes and actions add up and just to lead with your passions and by Mm -hmm. example. And back to this point around learning something every day, there's always something to learn every day, having that mindset, and but also sharing experiences, jump into the conversation, you know, surrounding yourself with great people who are equally eager to learn and and just guarantee that along the way, each person has something uh, to add, and will have added something new to the conversation that others didn't think of, and influence the path for the better in each person's own authentic way, which is how all of this adds up to the big change that we're seeking. And and it does come through a million little actions for the better, and so everyone can play a part in in their day to day. Well said. Thank you so much, Kim, and thank you for sharing your insights and perspectives on these very important efforts. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. It was great to be able to talk <laughs> together. And uh, thank you to Rips for hosting this series. Really interesting set of conversations. Well, that concludes today's discussion. As always, thank you to our listeners. And for more information about Ropes and Gray's Women's Forum and our women attorneys, please visit ropesgray.com women. And you can also subscribe to the series wherever you typically listen to podcasts, including on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening.